um, we have a bunch of matching t-shirts. Um, these are just t-shirts that were left over from camp. The each um, student that went to camp got. Um, you know, it's really awesome to be able to come home, like to this home, our church body, this church family, to go out, have these teens, or any of us, go out, serve, witness, evangelize, battle at times out in the world, to be able to come back to a home, um, a church family where we can get refreshed and regenerated and be comforted. Um, I love that. This body is good at that. This is a home. And you guys can be really proud. Um, I'm proud. I know a bunch of us are proud. We had 15 teens go to camp this year. Um, one thing that we talked about before we left, is we really talked about, hey, you guys, like, we are representing, as we are going out, we're representing 10 Strike Community Church. Um, so I really want you guys, you know, you never know what's going to happen. The behavioral issues, you know, try to behave yourselves, honor, respect, so on and so forth. Um, and this group, really, honestly, I wasn't expecting anything bad. Um, but this group was fantastic. Um, there is a maturity level with um, this youth group that is more than what I've seen. Um, they, they, they really... Yeah, they're growing in Christ, and you guys can be proud as a church family and a church body. But they're going to share a little bit, and then we'll go from there. Okay. I'll start if that's okay with everyone else. Okay. All right. So I'm going to take it off. <clears throat> so my experience at camp... <laughs> It wasn't what I expected at all. It wasn't really what I expected at all. Um, I really struggle with people pleasing. I really struggle with how other people think of me and what, what I look like on the outside. But the Lord really taught me through this experience in camp that none of that matters. None of that matters. How I look, how I sound, what other people think of me, it does not matter. Not one bit. And as he was taking me through camp, I started to learn just how important it was to keep my mind focused on solely him and nothing else. It's really easy to get distracted with certain things at camp because there's so much things going on. Um, but I really, really had to learn how to just stick in the spirit and just focus on God and him only and just rest in his presence. That was my experience at camp. I kind of just learned things that the Lord taught me that I didn't already know. Well, actually, I didn't know, but I just didn't accept because there's a lot of things that I just need to let God work through me, and he did. So that was my experience at camp. I guess I'm going now. Um, I did not know what to share. Zach told us to think about it. Um, and I just now started thinking about it, and I had a thought come, so that's good. <laughs> um, so there were two main things that stood out to me. The whole camp experience was amazing. Um, but first off, I just was able to see how personal God can be to every individual. Um, I was given the opportunity to pray with a few people during um, the worship time and extended worship and ministry time that we had at camp. And I was able to see God touch those people in the ways they needed. And that was really special. And God also touched me at camp. I think he touched a majority of the people there. But um, I think that 
after camp, I had a counselor, my counselor, pray for me. And one of the things she brought up was confidence. And I do think that I got another level of confidence because I am sitting here right now and I just played piano in front of the whole church congregation. <laughs> I was a little bit freaking out. And it wasn't perfect, but I don't know. I just, yeah, I definitely received that. And yeah, it was really cool to just see everyone get touched by God in so many different ways. Yes. <laughs> Someone else can go now. Yeah, so this was my first year at camp. I'd never gone to a camp before. And I wasn't, didn't really know what to expect, but the whole experience was amazing. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I could definitely feel the presence of God in the worship and the message. The message was amazing. Um, and one of the things that he said that stood out to me was, your silence could mean that he's about to do something big. That was the thing that really stood out to me. And that was just really amazing. And God was really moving um, through the whole thing. And um, I definitely got a lot closer to God. And I got some more confidence, too. <laughs> so, yeah. I actually thought, I used camp as like a, this is like my third year at camp, I think. Um, I used it as like a kind of way to just calm down, relax, take my mind off of things, sit in like, sit in God's presence, just be like, okay, this is like what it is. And I, you know, I used it as kind of like, well, I'll just be calm for the weekend. And I, you know, I went fishing, kind of just sat and just listened to him and just kind of kind of weighed in, and it felt great. It felt good to take, take like a big weight off my shoulders for the weekend, and I actually I thought it was really good, and I loved the presence, and it was just like, just felt good. Felt good all overall. Good morning, worship team. I want to speak directly to you for a moment, and all of the youth real quickly, as we transition. Um, if you went to Bible camp when you were a kid, uh, I went to Bible camp many years in a row. I remember the hardest thing about Bible camp is coming back from Bible camp. I don't know if you've shared, even my wife and I, Chris and I, had the same feeling I had when I left camp in 1997. Oh my gosh, back to the real world oh my gosh, I'm leaving this bubble of protection that was around me, right? And I want to remind our youth and everybody that attended camp, just because you left camp doesn't mean you left God, right? He's with you. He's in your presence. He's with you. He is right beside you, walking every step with you. So I want you to remind yourselves of that. I know my son, Keto, we had a great talk about it. Mac and I, we talked about it. It's kind of a struggle coming back from camp because if you got all these obligations, all these other things that get in the way and get your mind going. And not only that, personally, I remember reflecting back that I was nervous and scared that I would revert back to who I was before. Got a mindset of always being better than I was yesterday. So without... You know, that understanding that God is with us, it kind of can be terrifying. Don't be afraid. He's right there with you. And I ask the congregation also, if you could, 
Take a moment and pray. Take a moment and pray over them and pray for them that they can support, that you can support them in their mission to whatever commitments they may have made, but that they aren't alone in this as well because we are a church body, all right? Um, we'll let you guys go, and at this moment, whoop, I got this guy. Hang on a second. Maybe, well, should we just play, pray now? Sure, but I'm wondering yeah? if Lucas might have something to share. I was wondering if he might. That's why I saw I hesitated. Yeah, you good? All right. That's why I hesitated before, so I was wondering. Go ahead, Lucas. I don't have a whole lot to share on, but uh, I did enjoy camp a lot this year. I got to hang out with some friends I don't hang out with a lot, and um, got to pray for my friends. They prayed for me, and uh, it was an amazing experience. Got to worship more, um, and yeah, it's... It's all good. Nice job, Lucas. Does anybody else want to speak from camp? Anybody else at all? Okay. Uh, thank you for being so brave and sharing. And if you didn't share, we appreciate your bravery and your courage to go through what you went through this last week. It was an amazing experience for me and my wife as well. Um, and Carson, I don't know of anybody else that struggles with the same things that you do as far as you know, people-pleasing and worrying about others. I can... You're speaking to my heart, brother. Absolutely, you are. Um, but at this time, let's pray for them. Actually, I want to do that. Let's pray. Bow our heads. Father God, as a father myself, as a member of this congregation, I just want to reach out to you and make a pledge to you myself that I'm going to be there for them. If there are struggles, if there are times when they stray just a moment or two or even further, then I'm there for prayer, support, guidance. And Father, help me have that commitment and live up to that, Father. Strengthen my word so that I can fulfill that effort, that, that commitment to serve to the best of my ability so that we can make sure that we're growing together and growing closer to you, Father. We just pray for your guidance and protection for each one of these young individuals so that they can know that they're walking in your light, walking beside you, Father, and committed to being close to you, Father. Just pray that those relationships with each other are strengthened and continued over time. And we just plead your blessing over each and every one of them. In your amazing name, amen. At this time, go ahead and say how do you do to your neighbor, your partner, stand up, walk around, and come back pretty quickly because we have just a couple announcements. And Joyce said the kids are released. Thank you. All right, we'll just roll through announcements. Thank you for coming back, for coming back. Appreciate it. See what we got up there. No fellowship meal this week. I'm going to try to see if I can match my head to what's going on on the screen best I can. But as far as announcements are to go today, we don't have a whole lot of extra things. Just a reminder about nursery, um, that we do have it available, that uh, we have also preschool or Sunday school classes for preschool through fourth grade or kiddos. Um, there's no sun Sunday classes for grades five through seven until September 5th, or September, excuse me, the grades five through seven 
um, are free to join the elementary or stay in the service with the adults. Uh, we would like to give a little bit of transition time into school. It's a lot of uh, things to think about coming into the school year. So, and be praying for our kids that are about ready to start up here in the next three weeks too. I know you don't want to think about it, but it is coming. School is on its way. We are looking for more nursery helpers. If you could help out, please contact Bobby Joe at 218-368-3514. We need some more nursery helpers. And that's a good thing that we have that need, but at the same time can be stressful if we don't have enough people to help out with our little ones. Don't forget on Wednesdays, we have Touchpoint with Pastor Stephen Joyce um, at 9 a.m. online. Genuine with ourselves, God and others. Check out the other archived ones as well. Amplified Youth Worship, Adult Fellowship Group at 6 p.m., um, and other archive messages are there as well. We have another message too. Andrew sent me this one earlier. Susan Pender, our Aglow missionary to Alaska in June, has a transformation trip report and thank you letter on the welcome desk. Make sure you check that out. Thank you to everyone who shared their financial, shared financially and in prayer. Again, that's out there on the uh, uh, the bench out there, the table out there. So check that out, please. Um, that's all I have for announcements today. Is there anything that I might have missed for announcements? Okay. So every week I go through, um, I go through trying to figure out in my devotions and I try to figure out uh, what I want to share when it comes down to uh, offertory and servitude and what we can bless um, our congregation with and what God can bless the world with. And I jump into, um, this morning I just struggled a little bit, last time I struggled a little bit, and then how many of you jumped into the My Bible, the, the My Version Apple app on the on your phone this morning? Did you check out the verse of the day today? It was pretty cool, and I want to jump into it this morning because I'm like, if God's going to slap me in the face with this, I might as well use it. And uh, it was uh, in Philippians. So if you want to turn with me, you sure can go to Philippians. Let's see if I can go back to, it looks like chapter 2, verse 1, actually. Actually, the verse of the day starts in verse 3, but I want to jump all the way back to verse 1, if my phone doesn't act funny on me. And it just is so applicable to what was going on at camp this weekend, and that's why I wanted to use it this morning. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in the spirit and one in mind. Here we go. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus did. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing to take the very nature of the servant as a servant, being made in human likeness. All throughout this last weekend, when we were watching everybody, all the adults helping out, all of the counselors helping out, you got an opportunity to see servitude. I am a huge believer in executing servant-based servant leadership. And that's one of the things that I've, it's been a cornerstone of my leadership, cornerstone of how I believe God has designed me and the rest of us, for that matter, 
is that we are designed to be servants to one another so that we can demonstrate God's love, God's ability to get down on our level and understand who we are and where we came from. Every time I think about Jesus in his perfection, making himself on the outside as if he was imperfect, making himself on the outside, being tormented, being human in nature, right? But he's perfect, right? But he himself had to see it through our eyes, had to see it through our being so that we can see him, so that we can see that he was willing to join us and be part of this world on earth in a physical form. And he sacrificed everything he had. God sacrificed his very son for each one of us. So when we lead, when we serve, not that we can ever, ever get to be Jesus, but he does call us to be like him. He does call us to act like him. When we do that, we get a chance to show others compassion, love, and humility. So in our offering this morning, it's one thing, one thing, to exercise humility, to put ourselves aside, to put our own selfish ambitions aside, to give to the most important thing, and that would be furthering the gospel. Each effort that we have, whether it's to serve in the kitchen, whether it's to serve at camp, whether it's to serve in some sort of role here at church, every effort is a step towards furthering the gospel and telling everybody what Jesus is all about and his tremendous sacrifice by coming down on earth and giving himself up. But the most important thing on that is the resurrection, right? He's the only one ever to do so. So at this point, I'd like to pray over this morning's offering. And as we do, think about one thing again, where you're exercising servitude now and be thankful to God for that opportunity to serve. And think about another thing. that Maybe there's another avenue where you have a door that's open that you can walk through. Let's pray. Father God, thank you again for this wonderful opportunity to serve Jesus. To serve in a way that hopefully can exercise humility, can exercise your calling, all of the things that Jesus was and is and is to come. Compassion, humility, vulnerability, the true definition of servant-based leadership, Father. We just ask that you're in this moment and that you guide and protect us the rest of the week. Your blessing over this offering so that it truly can be used to further your gospel. Thank you for all the hearts and minds that are here today and those that aren't. Bless them. Keep them safe. In your amazing name, amen. I understand we have Pastor Gus coming up this morning. Brother Gus, welcome. Hallelujah. Good morning. The Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. And we rejoice this morning. Hallelujah. We rejoice because Jesus Christ is Lord. And really nothing else matters. He is Lord of my life. He is Lord of your life. He's in control. And no matter what happens, 
my God is bigger. No matter what comes my way, I know that God has an answer. The Bible says, be still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. But before I start, I just want to share something with you. You know, we heard the youth up here this morning. And Billy and Johnny were in Sunday school. And the message was Sodom and Gomorrah. And you all know the story that the angel of the Lord delivered Lot and his wife. And Lot's wife turned back. And the angel of the Lord had told her, don't, don't look back when you leave this city. But she turned back and turned into a pillar of salt. But Johnny says, well, what do you think about that? Billy said, well, that's nothing. My mother was going down Main Street the other day. She looked back. She turned into a light pole. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to start this morning with Galatians 6.14. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that should be our focus every day. The cross of Christ. You know, if you live in the Muslim world, you wear a cross around your neck. And if the wrong people get a hold of you, it could cost you your life. But Paul said, I glory in the cross. And that has to be our focus every day. What Jesus did on that cross for us. Where he died, took our sins on his body, that we might be free free to follow him, free from sin, where we can turn our lives around and have a new beginning in Christ. When Jesus was on the cross, people mocked him. They said he saved others, but he can't save himself. 
They said, if you are the son of God, then come down. Show the world that you truly are the son of God. But the Bible says he humbled himself unto death in obedience to the Father. And he became the supreme sacrifice for sins that the world might be free, that the world might be saved. Oh, hallelujah. And so this morning, we have his word. The Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word remains forever. The Bible says that word is sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit. It's a two-edged sword that cuts out everything in our life that is not of God. If we will seek him, in the power of his word and believe that every word that is written is for us and for this hour, that it's true that God can bring it to pass no matter the circumstances in our lives. Isaiah 55, 11 says, my word shall not return void, but it shall prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. I have hid the word in my heart that I may not sin against God. The word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Hallelujah. We just need to believe that God is in control, that he is all powerful, that there's nothing that he cannot do. We need to learn to speak to our mouth. That's Mark eleven twenty three. Speak to our mouth. And if we believe in our heart, the Bible says that mountain will be moved, that it will be cast into the uttermost parts of the sea. But more importantly, the word says that we can have what we say. And so we need to be careful about what it is that we are speaking. We need to speak faith. We need to believe that God, yes, will move. That every word that we speak is a prayer unto God that God hears it. And we can lose angels in the heavenlies to bring things to pass. Hallelujah. The Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. And some people live at the base of the mountain. They're campers. They're not climbers. And so we need to climb that mountain in faith, believing that God can, that God will.
that God wants to. I just want to talk to you a little bit this morning about the suddenlies of God. And this is from Scripture. 2 Chronicles 29.36 When Hezekiah was king. Hallelujah. The Word of God says in 2 Chronicles 29.36 that Hezekiah rejoiced and all the people that God had prepared the people for the thing was done suddenly. And I like that word suddenly. It means that when all hope was lost, that God moved. We know that before Hezekiah was king, Ahaz was the ruler of Israel. He was not a man of God. He turned away from God. What he really did was close all the churches down, close the temples down, turned to pagan gods. And when he did that, a curse fell upon the land. But Hezekiah had a different heart. And he brought about a great change. Second Chronicles. Hallelujah. Hezekiah said, Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might. And then thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. He was a man after God's own heart and God used him to turn the nation. And you know, I was thinking it almost sounds like America. America today. But we need to stand in faith that God is not done. That God is a God of suddenlies. That he has the power to turn things around. And by faith he will. That God is not done yet. It's not over. Psalm 610. This is David. He said, let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed 
suddenly. And that's when he got into faith. You know, he started out the psalm. He's really complaining about what's going on. But in verse 8, it's like the Spirit of God came over him, and faith welled up in his heart, and he began to take authority over the darkness in the world. He said, depart from me, all you workers of iniquity, for the Lord God has heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be scattered. Let them be ashamed and sore vexed. And let them return and be ashamed suddenly. He was speaking faith. He was speaking to that mountain in his life. And we need to learn to do the same because God has not changed. You know, it's like the Pharaoh. Things did not look good for Moses and the people of Israel. The chariots of the Pharaoh were bearing down upon them when God opened the Red Sea. But suddenly, the walls closed in on them, took the wheels off their chariots, and suddenly, Things changed. And everyone was amazed at what God had done. Sudden deliverance. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Acts 16.25. We all know the story of Paul and Silas. When they delivered a young girl with a spirit of divination. But when she was delivered, her owners, they lost their chance to make money. And so they put Saul and Silas in prison. And the Bible says that after being severely beaten and lashed, they were put in stocks. But at midnight, they began to sing praises unto God. And all the prisoners heard them. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Now you could say that was just a coincidence. 
that the earthquake happened at that particular time. Or you can believe that God heard their praise and answered their prayers. Because suddenly, they were loosed from their chains, loosed from their bondage. The prison doors swung open because God had moved in a supernatural way to set the prisoners free. And he has the power to do that in our lives. But we need to stand in faith and we need to believe that yes, God does hear my prayers. He does answer prayers. God has not changed. You know, I think about this week. <clears throat> We're putting up hay. And this old farmer, he said, you know, will you cut my hay? He said, I can't do it anymore. He's in his 80s. He's got Parkinson's disease, and he's shaking like this all the time. His wife says he has dementia. So you need to watch him. And... <clears throat> They had put ash on the fields, and sometimes that ash turns to almost cement. And so we started cutting hay, and it completely wrecked my mower. And so we had to rebuild it. That took several days. We get the hay all cut. <clears throat> the hay is so heavy that it's, it's hard to cut, it's hard to rake, almost impossible to bale. And we're, we're getting close to the end. The baler breaks. And it's a major breakdown. They forecast rain. They said it's going to rain an inch and a half tonight. And by this time, the sun is starting to go down. It's getting late in the day. And you sit there, and sometimes you think, well, where is God in all of this? This is a mess, and I don't see an answer. So I went in the house, and I asked that old farmer, I said, you got a baler on the shed out there? I said, could we borrow it? He said, well, you know, he said, it's not hooked up. Who knows if it even works? You know, these newfangled bailers, they have computers. You got to hook the computer up. You got to hook up all the lines. So I thought, well, I wonder how this is going to work. We had to help him hook everything up. And when he gets all done, I thought, well, he's going to let us use the tractor. 
He's going to let us use the baler. But no, he climbs in the baler. Drives out in the field. And starts bailing the hay. The Bible says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And I stood there talking to his wife. She said, I don't believe it. She said, I don't believe it. He's going to bail that hay. And he didn't quit until he was all done. But before he started bailing hay, I heard that small, still voice said to me, this is going to turn into a blessing. Not so much for me, but maybe for him. Because he, had, he thought that he had bailed his last bail of hay. Sitting in the house in the easy chair, he was frustrated. And what he wanted to do more than anything was to go out and bail hay. And I think he was so happy to do what he did. God does make a way where there is no way. And so when it was all over, I told his wife, I said, you know, this is the best hay crop you have ever had on this farm. I said, you need to go take a picture of all this. And then I looked again and I thought, oh, dear Lord. How are we ever going to move all this hay? Hundreds of bales of hay. And you know, that night it did rain two inches. And there was water standing in the fields. But thank God. That hay is all in the barn now. Hallelujah. Because God does. He has promised to come alongside of us and help us. But we need to be in prayer, in fellowship with the Lord, in communion with him, we have that Holy Spirit inside of us. The Bible says he's a counselor. He's a helper. He comes alongside of us. In that hour of need when things look impossible, and you know, you hear the storm clouds rolling, he comes. But it's up to us to stand in faith and believe.
that God can move in a supernatural way. And we don't always understand how. We don't always understand why. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the secret things belong to God. And so we just, we need to let that go. And just learn to praise God. Sometimes that's just my prayer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord at all times. For he is good. And his mercy endureth forever. And he will lead us and guide us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Bible says he will. Not he might. Not he would have. The Bible says he will. Sometimes the prayer is shorter. It's just Jesus. Jesus. Because I know he's there. And I know he cares. I know he loves me. He is my helper. He is my guide. He's my savior. Oh, hallelujah. I think of that song. I can't walk on water. I can't still the storm. Oh, but I know, I know a man who can. I can't feed 5,000 with two little fishes and a few loaves of bread. Oh, but I know a man who can. His name is Jesus. And he hasn't changed. What he's done for others, he'll do for me. And he'll do it for you if you will let him. You need to stand in faith and let him know that your trust is in him, that your faith is in him. That he will bring you through the storm. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. Faith is, the Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. 
And we praise God. Before we see the answer. Because we trust that the answer is on the way. You know, the Bible says in Zechariah, it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. I remember years ago, I come back from the mission field, and the Catholics had built a new church in the village. And it was one of these modern churches, you know. And it's got like a butterfly roof. So it's got a 70-foot valley. And so, you know, the people in the congregation roofed the, the church. There was only one problem. When, it, when they got done, it leaked. And they tried to find the leak, and nobody could find it. And the Lord put it in my heart to help them out. I said, I can fix that. All I need is a hammer and a wonder bar. And so the priest gave me permission to go ahead and work on the roof. So I started at the top of that 70-foot valley, and I tore that whole valley out. That's when I was younger. I had more energy. And I had just come back from the mission field, and so I had lots of patience. And I took that whole thing apart and redid it. And when I got done, I went to the priest to get paid. And I told him, I said, it's not by power. It's not by might. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. That was Father Poppy, and he was a man of God. And some of you remember him, I think. But he thanked me for what I had done. I remember the good old days. I come back from the mission field once. Somebody wanted me to do a little tile job for him. And I said, well, you know, I really need a tile cutter, you know, to do a better job. They said, well, you know, you can go to town and rent one. They've got them at the hardware store. So I go to the hardware store. Now, I don't know these people. I, I've never, you know, been introduced, never met them in my life. I'd been on the mission field. I'd, I'd been out of the country. I didn't know what was going on. <clears throat> so I go up to the owner of the store. I didn't realize he was the owner. And I looked at, when I saw the cutter, I said, well, this thing is too big. It won't fit in my car. He said, well, no problem. He said, my pickup, brand new pickup, 
He said, it's parked in the back alley. He said, the key is under the seat. Just take my pickup and go do the job, bring it back when you're done. And I thought, I don't know this guy. He's telling me to take his trunk. And I wasn't too excited about that. I'd been in Mexico so long, I hadn't driven for a long time. I didn't really feel comfortable driving anymore. I'd been walking for so long, taking buses if I had to. I think the world has changed. You know, I went and did that little job, and when I got done, you know, I never got paid for that job. You don't get paid if you don't bill people. But you know, when I, I got back from the mission field, it's like I, I had trouble. I didn't want to take money from people anymore. I'd been living by faith for so long. And God always met my needs. The only time that food ever was a problem, when I was trying to fast, people would insist on feeding me. <laughs> I lived with the people. They always gave me a bed to sleep in. They always make sure that I, I got fed. God is faithful. He hasn't changed. And so we just need to believe and trust God every day of our lives and in every situation. When trouble comes, we need to learn to start praising God. If you could say, praise God. The mailer blew up, praise God. Lord, how are you going to handle this? I know you have an answer. God is bigger, God is better, God is more powerful than we can think or imagine. We need to learn to just lean on him and trust him. Trust that he will make a way where there is no way. The greatest miracles I have seen in my life are when things are totally impossible. And there's nothing you can do in the flesh that changes the situation. That's when you have to just give it to God and let go and say, Lord, it's in your hands. How are you going to deal with it? I remember I got put in prison for preaching the gospel. 
And I knew it was going to happen. They'd been threatening a long time to do it. So I had gone around and talked to all the pastors and in the villages surrounding my village. And I told the pastors, I said, no, they're going to put me in jail. <laughs> you need to maybe help out. And so I was physically tired from walking from one village to another. I was wore out. I really was. The best night I think I have ever slept was my first night in jail. I was so glad that I could just lay down and sleep and not worry about anything. And morning came, and here come people from the village with a fresh pot of coffee, breakfast. That was great. I got to preach the gospel from prison. It was like a little cage in the middle of the village. People would stop by, talk to me, tell me I was crazy for trying to change the people in the village, that their hearts were so hard that they were never going to change. But they put me in jail for turning the village upside down. Hallelujah. And God did change that village. He did turn it upside down. Because God is a God of the possible. For him, there is nothing impossible. And the bottom line is, we're just pilgrims in the night. We're just passing through. This is not where God has called us to be. He's called us to our home in heaven. And we need to keep one foot there and one foot down here on earth. Because our time is short. And we're all going to leave everything behind. except for those people we bring with us to heaven. And nothing else matters. Oh, hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet as we close today. But we close rejoicing, remembering that scripture. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what's going on around us, what's going on in the world, we rejoice because Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. And he's got our back. And he walks with us. Oh, hallelujah. So just hold your hands out and say, Here, Lord. My troubles, all my troubles, all my hurts and pains, 
I put them in your hands today, Lord. Knowing that you carried them on the cross. And I thank you, Lord, for that precious blood of Jesus that washes me from all sins. That washes away the hurts and pains, the stains of sin. Thank you for that new life in Christ. Thank you for that spirit, that Holy Spirit that dwells and abides in us. The power of the living God. That same power that raised Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says, Acts 1.8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. And Lord, we just ask for that power to descend now on our lives. The power, that same power. Oh, that power that raised Christ from the dead. That power dwells in us. It's power to move mountains by faith. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for every promise. We thank you. You know, the Bible says in Acts 2, 1, that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place in one accord. The Bible says suddenly. I like that word. Suddenly. There was a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind that filled the place where they were gathered. And tongues, cloven tongues as it were of fire sat upon their heads and they began to speak in other tongues. Well, that is the promise that God has for us. That infilling of his power. And Lord, we just ask you to touch us with that power today as we go. That we learn to walk in your strength, Lord, not our own. That we learn to walk in your ways, Lord, not our own. That our thoughts might be your thoughts, Lord. For we know that your thoughts are higher than ours. Your ways are higher than ours. And so we trust, Lord, that as we go, you go before us to make the crooked places straight. That you raise up the valleys before us and make low the hills. Because you are God who made us in your image. We call you friend, Savior, Lord, Roboni. 
the miracle worker in our lives. And everybody said, Amen. Go in peace and bless the Lord and bless your neighbor and fellowship as you go. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you would like prayer, we have people here who would love to pray with you.